podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Esperanza offers a holistic approach in both our communities and across the world that empower each of us to effectively live more creative and fulfilled lives through its center, programs, services, materials, and events. Pure Esperanza creates and facilitates a theme of hope, supports the development of individuals, our collective communities, our world, and acts as an agent of and for transformation. This episode is about the art of well-being, and we'll be listening to Esperanza Smith, the founder of Pure Esperanza. Esperanza is a writer, educator, and artist. Her background includes Waldorf education and social services. Within Waldorf education, she taught and created curriculum for the elementary grades and Spanish classes steeped in the arts. As a consultant, facilitator, speaker, and administrator for educational programs, she advocated for greater understanding in human development as a foundation for education. Although she had written and illustrated as a core of her life's vocation, it wasn't until 2018 that she wrote her first book, Girl Seeking Pearls. And then she founded Pure Esperanza. Esperanza translates to hope in Spanish. Pure Esperanza was conceived with a hope to bring forth more consciousness into our world while educating the body, mind, and soul, inspiring and empowering others. Esperanza Smith is the executive director and founder of Pure Esperanza, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the mission and vision it was conceived in. As a native Chicagoan returning after decades, she's excited for the expansion and collaboration in creating Pure Esperanza with communities abroad. Here's the interview with Esperanza Smith. In your own words, who is Esperanza Smith? Well, Esperanza Smith is an individual that has a life story like everyone else. And while there have been what I would consider many roles in life as a person and uh, a educator, a writer, an artist, a mother, a grandmother, um, as an individual, when I strip all those away, I'm just a, a being of consciousness here with everyone else in this grand story that we're all playing a part of. Mm, thank you. So before I begin talking to you about the art of well-being and consciousness, I have a few warm-up questions. I call them warm-up questions. The first one is, do you have an unconventional understanding of what is to be a healthy person? 
I believe that a healthy individual is balanced in mind, body, and soul. And beyond the mind, body, and soul, we're researching all the time and finding out that there's different ways that we actually experience other perceptions. And that's, you know, that awareness and that awakening is part of that well-being as well. Right. And that would lead me to a question that I believe is important in our conversation. What is uh, to be awakened called uh, awakening? Sure. I believe that the awakening that's happening for us individually and collectively is part of a consciousness that each of us are in the stream of it. And so we become more aware of our very own processes of thought, of feeling, of being, and relating with all other life forms. I connect being a healthy person and or being conscious or aware or awakened to being loving, making it simple. Yes, absolutely. I think that the connection to love is part of the consciousness that we're in. And I think that that has varying degrees of awareness as well. People can, can love in, in different ways. And the idea of unconditional love, I think, is an unfolding process for all of us, only deepening more and more with life experience. Right. What is love to you, Esperanza? I would say that the way I experience, if I could say the highest form of love, would be to be in alignment with my I am presence. And that might be referred to for other people as uh, the word love itself, God, source, higher power. Um, but it is that fullness of presence. Fullness of presence. Would that translate into? living the moment, being in the moment? I think that that is definitely relates, definitely connected with that because presence means that we are fully, not just in our bodies, but we are aligned in mind, body, soul, and, you know, these other dimensions that I was referring to. And so, yes, that would be in the moment now. And that's where all existence is right now. Hmm, presence. I love that. Um, so we say love for everything. <laughs> That's why I like asking my guests, everyone, for that sake, what is love to you? So if we can express the love that you just mentioned by being in the moment, why some of us believe or think that we are in the moment when other beings or other people don't feel, don't experience love coming from us? Well, I think that comes back to our awareness, you know, without looking at it as a wrong or right or good or bad. I think that each of us have degrees of what we are aware of, and that is always unfolding. So if we could imagine that you know, consciousness itself is vibrating at very different degrees. And, you know, what one ex person experiences in one way or to the depth of a degree, another person experiences it a different way. I always try to make it simple, but it's not that simple, obviously, <laughs> to understand consciousness and what love is and how to express love or to become love or to be present in the moment and then emanate love. And I think the reason why it's because I have been fascinated with the idea of being open. This is just probably another, another concept, another idea that we have about embodying something, becoming something, but in truth, we are. It seems like it's just embracing and accepting everything that you are in this moment, in this moment, exactly as it is, as we are, as life is. That's correct. And, and in doing that and having that alignment within ourselves, we then also create that out around us and it becomes easier to accept others for where they are. Right. Wow. One of the, the challenges I have is um, 
accepting things that don't make sense, like violence and hatred and all that. It's really, really tough. Ignorance and all that pain, unnecessary suffering. And I'm just wondering, how can we just rest in what is and and let it be? Just uh, have you achieved that level of just accepting everything as it is without trying to change? You know, I, I, yes, I would say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the human experience just like you and everyone else. And so that awareness, you know, is always evolving. You know, I can think back to a decade ago and, you know, sort of track and observe uh, some of the processes that I've undergone within myself. And I would have to say that there are times that I experience and observe myself having a reaction to different things that I may not understand that seem difficult to understand. Some of those things that you mentioned, which may encompass things like violence or, you know, that separation that that people experience when any of those kinds of acts are committed in so many different ways. But I would say that the one area that I have been very focused on is in that consciousness of presence, I become more aware of how I can direct my attention or my energy to any given situation. And by doing so, I choose not to focus on those elements of what I might perceive or even judge to be a specific thing. So by removing that focus and directing the direct focus and attention towards what I do imagine to perceive as a more compassionate, more loving, more peaceful, whatever kinds of qualities that I want to imbue those conditions with, that's my contribution of energy direct. Mm, Yeah, we'll talk about this uh, later today energy. And I think you also, you talk about creating your own reality, also the law of attraction. I guess my next question um, has to do with uh, the idea and concept of God. Why do you think so many of us believe in a God outside of ourselves? I would imagine that in an egoic mind, we see or perceive a separation. And my experience has been that in presence and in the fullness of that, I turn inward and within. And that's why what I feel is those, what are the words I am, are one and the same with everything I am and not outside of me. But I think for most people, they're perceiving as something outside of themselves, perhaps of a fear of the fullness of who and what we truly are. When we have that experience and when it comes into our awareness, I would say the first time it can be uh, quite exhilarating and simultaneously frightening to actually understand the power that we are, the power within. Uh, it always goes back to uh, acceptance, surrendering to what is. I keep saying that because the acceptance um, that I talk about, it kind of brings this feeling of um, unconditional love. There's an ease about it. And that's a good tool for us in our feeling to actually feel the ease because it's in the flow. And so there is not a a pushback or a resistance to it. It's, it's moving with it. And it doesn't mean that we become wishy-washy and we don't have boundaries or we can't say yes or no to different things. It, it just means that we move in that flow with the understanding that it is right now. Uh, it's right in front of us. It is. And so we, we fully come into that acceptance of that moment and the moments And the more we move and transition from moment to moment, it's that presence that we feel that that presence becomes uh, such a source. And you mentioned the word gratitude, and I think of it more as thankful and very closely 
connected to that is joy. And another part that's connected to it is wonder. Because I mean, I can walk outside and the smallest of things create all three of those at the same time. Thankful, joy, and wonder. And all of them, I'm sure, are deeply love. Yes, it's coming from that. We don't, we use those words love and we say unconditional love, but it's just what is, it might be whatever God is, whatever life is meant to be, what's holding all this together, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, So the reason why so many people, you mentioned uh, that they are afraid of this power within to understand deeply what life is. Why are they so scared? Well, I I couldn't say what I, I mean. I feel like there's a story for every individual, right? So everybody would have a, a, a way of expressing what that is for them. But I would feel that for my, I would think that for the way I feel, it has to do with that. Again, it comes to that idea of acceptance. If I can say that shouldn't be so, it doesn't belong. If I can uh, wrong the things that, you know, I believe that I have no control over and relinquish that power outside of me, it allows that egoic mind to feed and feed and feed and, you know, find blame or reason outside. Again, with the non-acceptance as the opposite being finding it with the acceptance within. Perhaps most people confuse the kind of acceptance we talk about with um, being passive, non-emotional, or desensitized. Uh, I have this last question, warm-up question. What do you think is the main purpose and the meaning of life? That each of us are creators. And as we are each here in this human experience, creating the whole of humanity, the whole of life is ever expanding and it's consciousness that continues to expand and evolve. So we as a human race are evolving um, and it's all part of one. Uh, perhaps we are evolving to, to come to this understanding that we are one and not separate. <laughs> I believe that it, that's very much something to do with it all. Mm, what an interesting thing. I mean, it's fascinating that um, um, I think one of the things that's still really hard for me to um, to accept is why do we need to separate in the first place? <laughs> yeah, why do we have to separate to understand oneness? Why? I don't know that any of us can fully understand, you know, that the the eternal truths that exist just in our existence. But I can just say that I do believe that the idea of separation is part of the alignment, the realignment with the oneness. If we were to step into oneness as it is and as we are, it would not have the same expansion of the consciousness that is and consciousness itself is expansion. So the contrast of all this duality and all these things propels consciousness. It provokes consciousness. It makes it keep expanding. And we, I believe, have in some way, some minutia of of some existence of time have agreed and volunteered to be part of this expansion. Mm, wow. We are one right now in this moment, but how do we live that understanding all the time? Well, from the thing right, and from what you're saying right now, I, I feel you. I feel that part of you that actually is thinking about those things. So I can feel that. That's an energy. Now, if I were to share with you in conversation, we were to meet and I were just to share with you a bunch of joyful things, a bunch of things that I was really excited and happy about and, and I was creating and I'm, you know, that experience. And I know you know what that is when you're in that moment of something fresh and new that's alive for you and you're talking about all those things. That quality of all of that, that energy does something to another individual too. 
they sit and they hear those experiences and they internally also receive some of that energy. And that energy, if you've been around anyone who is joyful or exuberant or feeling alive like that, that's a very different quality than someone who's focusing on the heavier or the the frequencies that are more about the suffering and the things that in the world are, you know, uh, tragic. That in itself, when we harness the direction of our thought and that energy, now we put a force out into the world. We can use life forces outside to help us do that as well. The very nature of fire, air, water, and earth can work with us because they are elements within us that we can actually put those qualities out in our speech, in our thinking, in our actions, in every part of our being. So now we're radiating and emanating a life force. And it's a positive force that goes out there. So when we think of those, and we don't think of them as good or bad, but we just think of the charge of a positive charge or a negative charge, the feeling of what feels light and more buoyant, as opposed to something that feels heavier and more weighted. And again, if we don't look at it as like one's right or wrong, but we just look at them, they coexist. Now I can decide what makes me feel better. How do I want to interact and move with either of these charges? And I, I've made that decision for myself. I've made that decision in, in how I experience and in what I create and what I wish to contribute and give out into the world. Mm. Right. Um, oh. I always go back to surrendering, just uh, not trying too hard to create anything, to to be, to become, um, not to be, to become. I think this idea of becoming, it's what makes us um, separate us even more. Like, why do I have to become anything? I am. But I just want to understand more, Esperanza, what is this this energy that within each one of us trying to do? If it is to create this this wave of a deeper understanding of what life is, I think the first thing we got to do is just drop the, the person that's trying to become something or to do something, to change something. Right. No, I understand you. So I think what I'm hearing you express is your understanding that by saying I, we create an individuality and it's I am creating. But if I, and this is my perception, so I, I honor and respect and appreciate your thought on that. When I refer to I, the consciousness more and more is I am. I and I, we are not separate. We are one. I am referring to I. I am God. That is what I am referring to. And that's what I mean. It took a long, long time for me to say that. And in all honesty, there are still moments where I find myself, you know, almost hesitating to be in the fullness of the power to say, I am God. For a long time, that would have been blasphemous to say that. That's a lot of parts of the mind thinking one way or another. But through experiences, I am finding courage. So I am becoming becomes more I am being. And that's the moment that I am in now, in the being of presence. The moment I am, this moment I am. Mm. So the becoming you speak of is returning to be. It's, it's actually the opposite of, of meeting a future self. <laughs> it's uh, going back. I think, honestly, the way I, I've been experiencing it is that in this moment that I am is past and future now. It's everything now. In some quantum physics way, I feel like there's this little point of this moment that everything exists, all dimensions, all planes right now. That's, um, 
And I think research is finding it. You know, we're finding these ways that are now being researched at what black holes are, how creation is made out of those black holes and how they exist. And different from what they thought before, that it was just kind of a no, you know, a void just of nothingness. Now they're finding that it is actually power and that there's this energy that exists that out of it is life itself and what was presently or previously thought of as just being nothing, but it actually is and it's everything contained in it. So it's this paradox of seemingly we're in this moment, but how can it really be past and future and everything? But in this moment that I am, the power is there to create reality right now. So in part of my own healing, in this moment, I can close my eyes, I can imagine, I can rewrite different kinds of experiences and actually feel and see them as I wish them to be right now. And that is sending out ripples and energy into realities. I don't know at what level it's reaching all those multi-dimensions. Because you know, this time that we talk about, it's not linear. It's dimensional. And so how its effects are playing into the dimensions of realities, we don't yet know. But it is happening in different ways. And there are some things that remain unknown. And I believe that there are things that will always remain unknown. And honestly, at one point in my life, that would not have sufficed. And now I know that it's so infinite that to grasp this fullness that I have access to in this moment is also to be aware that I know nothing at all. But everything I need is with me right now. Uh, still within the warm-up questions, <laughs> what is the difference between consciousness and awareness? Well, I feel that uh, what comes to me right now, what I'm thinking, the thought is, and I say that in that way because it actually came to me like that. I first had a feeling and then it was thought and then I felt like this connection between the two. So I would say that the awareness is part of consciousness. Consciousness with a capital C. Consciousness like in being with a capital B. It is all life existing. And it is a stream that's continually feeding all life as it exists, all life forms, all life as it exists. That's consciousness with the capital C. And we are part of all of that because we're in that stream. The awareness within each of us is that like portal in consciousness into oneness with the consciousness. Moving the conversation into the topics of well-being, the art of well-being and consciousness, what is like to educate the body, mind, and soul in the art of well-being? When we talk about educating the mind, body, and soul and what Pure Esperanza, our nonprofit organization, is working on, it is about creating opportunities and experiences that may educate, may bring awareness, inform an individual as to different pieces that they are reconnecting with in their own body, mind, and soul, so that the consciousness of that becomes the experience itself. And that is the education. As a teacher for most of my life, there is a difference between creating the opportunities. The education part of it is something that comes out of one's own self. And as a teacher facilitating, I'm bringing it out of myself in that moment. It's a beautiful thing when you are in the role of teacher-student and you begin to feel the expansion and the mutuality of both parts being one. I am learning and I am also teaching at the same time. Oh, yes. Let's talk about some of your 
core values or the values of what you represent. You talk about imagination. You wrote something like, our imagination is our creative power. I'm wondering what separates imagination from delusions, from longings or wishful thinking? And, and how does imagination affect our uh, ability to be in the present moment? That's a question that I have contemplated myself. And there have been different experiences in my life where I've worked with individuals who have been diagnosed as mentally ill. And at this moment, my awareness is telling me that more and more when I look at different types of individuals that I've had contact with, people, you know, even like I said, not just mental illness, but just even, um, you know, different ranges on a spectrum of like uh, autism or Asperger's or, you know, just the whole gambit of all of these ways our mind works. And it's come to me that perhaps there isn't, perhaps there isn't a difference in um, the way that dimensions exist for different individuals other than we're moving about in this world in in different ways. So most recently, I've had the experience of working with individuals who are homeless, and some of them are mentally ill. And yet, they have very clear moments where um, they're perceiving experiences about life and awareness in a way that's very profound. And I often wonder, what's the difference between that and genius? There are so many individuals that were, for lack of a better word, experienced, you know, being tormented in life because they perceived so differently. And it wasn't even until after they had disembodied and left the earth that their body of work became known as genius work, you know? So, I mean, there's just so many different ways. And so again, coming back to the moment of presence, in presence, when we begin to experience these multiple realities and dimensions, how we attend to them, the fullness of the consciousness, the awareness, the presence I am, is really all we can do in this moment. And that is enough. Mm. So yeah, mental illness, I believe, is just a label. We have created this um, idea. But like you said, they're just living in a different reality. They're not yet aware of what's happening. And I think uh, what, what it is, it's, um, I think it's confusion uh, in consciousness, which is um, normal. <laughs> Life, it's, uh, it, it is confusing when you think about it, that we are one, but then we're in, in a separate state now. And um... Right. They almost become like fixed ideas. And we can see that when any of us have had a moment where we've become, you know, fixated on something, you know, can't get something out of our mind, can't shut our mind down or whatever. It's, it's like taking, taking it to another end of this um, spectrum that becomes fixated. But if we now see the spectrum as not being linear like time and we see it being more like in circular and dimensional, now we can begin to experience it a little bit differently than if it was just taking it to one end of the range in a linear fashion. Now we can begin to see, oh, it's just on another side of it. More like a prism of how you would see all the different sides of something. Hmm. That's funny that you mentioned the word fixation, fixated, because that, that is connected to another condition or mental condition, uh, addictions. So addiction is very much connected to fixation. I can experience easily mental um, unhealthiness when I believe for a moment that I'm separate from somebody, that I judge someone. I think that somebody's trying to hurt me in some way. Every time I do that, I have nightmares. It's a given. I don't feel right emotionally and the mind is unstable already. It creates the, it's really interesting. Well, I just was going to say another way to look at all that is to accept 
that it exists coexists right now with us now. And so it must be part of us too. And when I think of that again, in terms of like energy and particles, it exists. I exist in, you know, in matter as other things around me exist in matter. And yet we all exist in this oneness at the same time. So in my awareness, my understanding, I perceive that part of the healing has come and part of the forgiveness has come with being able to accept those things that I once judged as being the most awful, despicable things that I did not like and did not want to be a part of and refused to see it as anything as possibly sacred or holy or could that, how could that possibly have love? All of those things. But when I now see it as it's all a part of me and I'm a part of it. And yet I am the fullness of this love and focus on the love that I am. Now it becomes a different picture because now it's not this pushing away. Now it's bracing it as one. Wow. I like that. That will help me to maybe to direct the mind more. Maybe it's like I try not to control anything, but Yes, I'm not pushing away. That means not accepting. So I'm not accepting the person, whatever is in me, and to judge anyone or to believe in anything that's perceived that the mind perceives as negative. Yeah, when we when we get into the thinking part of all those pieces, it you know we can feel the weight of that itself. You know, and and if I'm this is where the feeling part really is an important tool as well. If I'm just feeling like, what does this feel like right now? You know, any situation, a situation, a person, a thing, whatever, that's a really good way to navigate ourselves. And, you know, more than training the mind, which there is, I mean, that's equally valid too. You know, there's there's all different ways that we're learning and interpreting and translating and, and assimilating. And none of it is, it's not bad or wrong. There's just different ways. And, and we have just, an infinite amount of, of tools to access and use at any point in time. But I find that that feeling of just kind of where does this, where does it sit with me right now is a really useful and helpful tool. I know this of myself because I have been prone to do more of the thinking part. Now, for another individual, it might be more sitting back and reframing that thought in a different way. And, or, you know, but again, it's, it really comes down and it's so unique. I mean, there, there's so much wonder in that itself in the way that each of us are perceiving and each of us are receiving that information unique to our own expansion of consciousness. Right. In a way, we have to, uh, not have to, but this is uh, part of the expansion. It might be the practice why are some of us driven to ask some questions or uh, do what we do? So, yeah, I believe in the everything has a reason to be and questioning is the way some people do. It's my case. <laughs> yeah. And the questions are wonderful because here, here's the thing. There's questions that come out of the mind. They're the kind of questions that, you know, they want to know the answer and, you know, you're trying to become more knowledgeable and, you know, grasp it from, you know, you can almost feel its focus in your head. And then there's the questions that spring up and they actually feel like they come from a different part of your body. And they come up like from inside the soul. And so there's a question that comes up and it arises and it wells up, it kind of bubbles up and it almost catches you off guard because it comes up from within your soul. And I would say that that's probably more closely aligned with the heart. And so as you experience that, that question, it sort of guides you, it leads you into the moment now that we're in. Again, it's still in this moment now. And so then it's not this other part that's asking the question with the intelligence, the intellect, and it's seeking out. And you can almost feel the rays going out, trying to get it out there somewhere right? But the other kind of question is, is a really 
and you can feel it. It's almost like rounded and warm and it comes up and you feel the expansion of it that leads you in a way that that really helps you from within go exactly to where we're going right now in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I feel sometimes that the, the questions, some questions that I ask is that they are the answers for me. It's one. <laughs> There's no separation, really. <laughs> like I'm asking myself, really talking to you. That's what it is. So uh, there's another uh, core value that you wrote. It says, we are what we believe. So my question is, how is what we believe we are different from who we really are? If in this moment uh, I'm perceiving whatever I'm perceiving in this moment, that is where exactly I'm at. Mm. Interesting. So beliefs that we can't live without beliefs. Because I know a lot of the idea of being just just be. It's you know you don't have to think. You don't have to have beliefs. We don't have to have faith. What is is. But then it's not possible really to live without beliefs. I don't think so. And then you just said uh, what we believe we are is the same as who we really are. And in this moment, is who we really are right now. But somebody may also perceive that in this moment, all that I am and this adoration with my I am presence leads me into places of the unknown right now. And in those places of the unknown, when I lean into them without fear, with love, that is faith. Without fear, yeah. That would you say that fear is the opposite of love? I would say for purposes of the words that we use, that may be very, yes, very much uh, the contrast of it. But then we're creating separation again. Like there was such a thing as love and such a thing as fear. But then, you know, people will listen to us now and say, how come? Of course there is love and fear. Um, yeah. Hmm. It, it keeps coming back to what we keep coming back in this conversation, the topic of the idea of being the moment, acceptance, uh, gratitude, um, joy, inner peace. Uh. Yeah, I want to I want to touch on a second for about that, because, you know, I, I think that we have, as you had mentioned earlier, we're in this human experience. There are times that we have different kinds of feelings and those feelings may indeed feel negative they may indeed feel weighted they may indeed you know the the they catch us kind of off guard or all of a sudden we observe oh this is a feeling that i'm having or a reaction that i'm having being in that moment that i am right then an awareness of that i can embrace that and now i can also again let that be and go deeper within to allow love, the natural state of my being, of my fullness of I am, to come forth. You'll notice that the feelings, they will actually begin to dissipate. The frequency of that vibration and that charge will begin to lessen. And you will begin to feel the restoration of your presence. And that's because you were accepting in that moment. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. A thousand times. Yes. It is. I think most of the unnecessary suffering that we see, it's very much connected to not accepting. Not accepting. Yeah. I'll be asking you now uh, some general well-being questions. And these are the final, my final questions to you. What are you grateful for in this very moment? In this very moment, I am thankful to be sharing with you. If you lost your memory today and I asked you, who are you? What do you think your answer would be? I am. Oh, Esperanza, but that's because you know too much. <laughs> what about if I ask like a regular person on the street? 
I don't know. I don't know what a regular person is or a person who knows too much. I, I mean, I mean, can you say that? I don't know. I, the more I think of regular, the more life shows me that there isn't a regular. The more that I say normal, it shows me that there is not that or that other things that I thought were normal fall in the range of someone saying that's not normal or, you know, there's and vice versa. It's always around that way, you know, or even who knows too much. We think, you know, this person has, you know, this person studied at this, you know, ashram or this person studied at this university or this person has, you know, all these initials behind their name or this person, you know, had these whatever, you know, we whatever we deem as knowledge or, you know, wisdom or whatever it is. But the reality is that I, I don't know from one minute to the next who I'm standing with because appearances and things that we say are such can also be deceiving. We have to experience it in the fullness of the present moment we are in right now. And so in that consciousness, it's just, you know, being able to live into it, breathe into it. I draw my focus and attention into within my own being. And there is a well of everything that I need. If when I find myself getting imbalanced, it's because my focus is more on the outside. Mm, right. Um, I guess where I'm trying to get at with this question is um, I'm wondering how much of our life experiences are based on memories, just um, kind of we are thinking the experience instead of experiencing the experience. I'm just wondering what would they say, like when I ask them, if you lose your memory, if you lost your memory right now, what do you think you would say? I don't find that to um, to be something that I, that even like in my, when I hear that, I almost have something in me that goes like, but I don't know. I don't know what I would say if I was that person because I'm not that person, you know? So, so when I, so I experience it like that and I can only bring it back to myself. And then I can think of the idea that you said were memories and people are living out of memories. That's absolutely true. I believe that for many people, uh, it's like a, you know, like a, a movie reel that keeps going back to the same things over and over. And the only reason I say it to you like that is because I have lived parts of my life that way until something happened. And I believe you had quoted that earlier, unnecessary suffering at some point took that idea and said, no more suffering. In the book that I wrote, Girl Seeking Pearls, there was a distinct moment in life I will remember it forever. And it was the moment that I said, no more suffering. And all of a sudden, that was an awareness in itself because it was my presence understanding that it was in my power to do so, which ultimately meant that I didn't have to relive experiences and have suffering for all the reasons that I thought I did. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why the conversation has been a lot about being in the moment, because most of us have experienced what it's like not to be in the moment and how much suffering uh, we attract into our lives by being in the past. Yeah, we are creating or recreating suffering. Uh, yeah, definitely recreating suffering. There's another side to it, too, that I found that emerged when. I accepted that, and that was that there was a side of me that was also very like a child, like excited. And if that means that, then that means that if I created that experience, then that means I can create this experience. And that's when the fun part emerged and the play emerged in the idea that I can create. That's when all the spark, all the aliveness, all the energy came rushing out. That's when I understood that is there's so much power there. And I have long, you know, enjoyed the wonder of life. 
um, my strongest connection and inspiration for those who were students of mine was in being able to immerse myself right with those children that were before me and experience it through their eyes, very much the same that I felt. And so, um, you know, being able just to really reach into the power of the presence I am is where I find, like I said to you a little while ago, everything that I need right now. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized is that um, a lot of people, in myself included, we expect life to be different. Nothing really changes outside. It seems like it, we just change. We change inside. The understanding changes, and then and then we're just open. And then the hearts open, the minds open for whatever it's happening. We know that whatever's happening, it's happening for a reason, and we just embrace that all. And that's the biggest change of all. It's not really on the outside. Yeah, I think that is an interesting point. And I would just say that your perspective that nothing really changes on the outside is, I see that a little bit differently because I do believe things are changing all around me all the time. And I've witnessed things changing around me. And I've witnessed um, in the power of presence many experiences that I have imagined. And while I'm not attached to an expectation, I imagine all kinds of wonderful things. And when they come into the fullness, meaning manifested now, I fully claim the power of the presence. I am bringing that directly to me, creating right out of me, right out of the presence I am. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that concerns me about what you just said about having the power to change, and we do because the mind has that power, and I think anyone can access that power of changing the outside, inside, and then the outside. But then, with the what concerns me is that there are a lot of people using that power. Uh, they're using that power to manipulate, to to gain power, personal power. I hear what you're saying. And it, it sounds as though it goes back to what we were talking about, about how we qualify what's good or bad. Perhaps they are doing that. And if they are doing that, what does that mean? So let me just share with you, if I may, uh, a quote that I carry with me all the time. So when I begin to focus on, let's say, politics, individuals that seem to be manipulating or doing this or that or whatever the deal is. And I put my focus there right away. I can tell you it doesn't feel good. So I bring it back in. And this quote reflects something that I read long ago, but it very much resonated with my own being. And it goes like this. People are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. If you find happiness, people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. For you see, in the end, it is between you and God. It has never been between you and them anyway. It's Mother Teresa. <laughs> yeah. And it's just yeah. in my wording, I would think of the end as being it's between I and I. Always. It always has been. It always will be. It is I am. Hmm. I love that, Esperanza. I love that. I guess that the conversation that's within myself, that kind of conversation stopped about creating, trying to be more or to a change, um, change the outside, uh, making it different. I do things, I write, I do all this stuff, but I have no choice but to do what I do. I, I'm not trying to be or become anything. When I hear you saying creating your own reality, which I believe in one reality, 
love. But every time I hear you saying creating our own reality and... Um, yeah, when I hear you saying that, you know, that that word creating is charged for you. You have perceptions and interpretations of what that means for you. And so do a lot of different people. It, to me, it's okay. It's okay that you have those, whatever perceptions you have. There's a song that Stevie Wonder wrote many years ago called Higher Ground. And in that song, there's so much truth, which is, I think there's a, a chorus that says something like, sleepers keep on sleeping, dreamers keep on dreaming, teachers keep on teaching, preachers keep on preaching. It doesn't matter. It's all happening regardless. So just like you wake up in the morning and you're driven to do these things that you say you do because you don't even know that's your existence. You know, this is how you know, experience life to be this way. You get up and you do it because this is what you have come to do. There's no different than uh, me creating or any of us creating, but we're all creating. At every moment we're creating. We're creating with every thought, with every action, with every word that we put out at every moment whether you're conscious, whether you're unconscious, whether it's your subconscious, it's creating. So in my awareness and my connection with my consciousness, I am aware that I'm creating. And so, yes, I do believe that I can consciously be aware enough that I am directing the energy of my thought and feeling in alignment with my presence. Because now, they come to serve the presence I am. These are the human qualities and tools that I have at my access, but in the presence, I am creating all the time, all the time, every minute. What, what I'm explaining to you about becoming exciting, excited over an idea, a thought, an inspiration, and I go to do it at Again, I'm just gauging that by my feeling, but when I'm creating out of that, it feels wonderful. Now, someone else, like you've mentioned, may be creating and they may be doing it for what one would deem as malintent or the harm of another. Again, I cannot judge how that individual is using their power of creation, but they are no different than I. We're creating. Yeah, the part that you said, creating positive experiences, creating a better life or this idea that life is, should be good, should be always good. Uh, it might be that part that kind of triggers me to um, disagree because of this pursuit of life as good. What you call creating to me is just being. Yeah, by being just being who you really, being aware of who you really are, you will create. I know you believe in intentionally creating things. And I, I think when we are in, in that space of being, there's no more individual um, intention. You just know what you know and you navigate uh, through that, with that space, with that understanding, without the fixation, without the addiction, the obsession of doing something, getting done, accomplishing something. I guess that's what. Yeah. And there is no obligation in all of that because, again, it's all happening regardless. It's happening right now. That's consciousness expanding. So those things that, you know, we may perceive are happening um, as other people are creating things in the world, those individual souls, we don't know what those souls came to do or the purpose of that. But the very fact that I am one and that every one of us has a purpose for being here right now and that in it we are all love, love evermore, and that in that oneness it is I am. They have that purpose in existence just as I do, and it cannot be discounted that whatever that is coming from their creation, is it's not separate of the expansion of the consciousness that is. It is part of it, just like I'm part of it. And so it's just one whole part that's existing right now. And again, honor and respect exactly what you're saying. And all I'm saying is that from where I stand, I perceive it as, yes, there's an intentional creation that's happening. And yes, 
the awareness of an intentional creation comes about in an alignment with all the experiences that I've carried. And perhaps my soul has done some of those things to know that it's perhaps a different way that I want to do it this time. Perhaps all the experiences, and again, not just from this lifetime, but from all the lifetimes, gives me this moment that I am all right now that I am to have the understanding that I have right now, just like you have your understanding, and all of it belongs. All of it belongs. Um, so my next question is connected to what we were talking about, about creating our own individual um, realities. How do you define success? The way I see my fulfillment is, I believe, what others might say is termed as success. The fulfillment of my alignment with presence is how I view my own quote-unquote success. What is to be strong? From the experiences that I have had and where I am now, I would say is in a total trust of my presence, regardless of the appearances, regardless of things I do not know or things that if I dwelled on would cause confusion. But every time that I turn myself to the stillness of this presence I am, then I return to the trust and I feel the strength in that power I am. It resonated. <laughs> um, what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in this lifetime? That it was okay just to be. What is another word for healing? Education. Are you afraid to die, to lose the body? No, I love life. I love, love life passionately. I love it, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to enter another dimension. I already have many times. And in this experience of life, I have died many times, symbolically seven times in this life. Oh, wow. Um, we'll talk some more after this. <laughs> uh, that'll be a whole, a whole episode, just in there, right? Dying many times in, in this lifetime. Um, if you knew you would lose the body soon, would you change anything about your life or the way you're living this life? No, I am so thankful. I am so thankful that it's, it's like um, there's an old Native American Indian saying that goes, today is a good day to die. Mm, yes. <laughs> Fully. I am so present right now in this moment that I am living it every moment as best as I am able to. <laughs> and, and it's just like, yes, I am so full of joy. It's all good. It's all just so delectably delicious. And I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for, for this moment and, and, the, and the moment that comes next. What kind of life do you believe after this one? Do you believe exists after this one? Well, I believe that I've lived many lives. I believe I will live some more lives. I believe that in this moment, I'm ever expanding my consciousness and in what form that life will be. I do not yet know, but I do believe that, that the physical body has the ability to change and to have different frequencies where you know, the, another experience might not be exactly in, in this human form the way we speak about it or identify with it. Use the word believe. Do you wish to come back and live again in the human body? What right away popped into my head is I wish to be in the fullness that I am expanding forever, whatever that is. What are three things about life you know for sure as of today, Esperanza? I am love. I am love. I am love. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. 
if it didn't sound too religious, I would say a man, but it's a little too religious to say here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Where can we find more information about you, your work, books, products, services, and future projects? PierceSperanza.org will be the website that you will be able to go to. Currently, it is PierceSperanza.com, but we are in a transition right now. And PierceSperanza.org is where you will be able to go to as of October 7th, tentative launch date, but it's looking like it's, it's moving in that direction. And um, that is where you will be able to see our global community the work that we are doing uh, in Chicago and how we are connecting internationally to create an educational holistic center as an international platform for educators, artists, and alternative practitioners and healers abroad to be able to come and share uh, gifts and bring experiences to individuals raise that awareness and consciousness. I would say better said, expand. Yeah, thank you so much for our conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now, Esperanza. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Esperanza Smith, please visit her website, pureesperanza.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.